0: How we doing Eastside? Everybody doing good, huh? So, I, so this kind of struck me in a lot of the songs uh, we were singing and uh, when, uh, when Aquila started crying like a little girl again and, and all that all that stuff uh, just kind of settled with me a little bit when I was uh, sitting out there and that verse came to mind that I think kind of wraps up everything we just did in the last half hour. His mercies are new. Every morning. You ever have a day where you get ready for bed and and think, man, I think I've tapped out the grace thing today, huh? And you wake up tomorrow morning, guess what? Brand new again, brand new again. That's the God we serve, and that's why you're here, man. Thanks for being here. It's good to have you. Yeah, give it up for your friends who came out, okay? And uh, thanks for our online community all over. I got an email uh, late this afternoon And uh, it's from somebody up, uh, somewhere up in Michigan, and they're relocating to Florida. Um, I don't know who they are, and uh, they they sent me an email and said they want to stop here on the way uh, because they've been online for months, and they want us to know how much that has ministered to them. So, man, it's great having you all over the place, okay? Uh, Great to have you and uh, look forward to God continuing to bless you in your life. So uh, Billy Graham used to tell about the story of him preaching a revival in this town that he'd never been to before. And so it was a brand new town to him and uh, got up one morning, he had a letter, he had a mail. And so he left his hotel, he goes down the street looking for post office. And he runs in this little boy, about 10 years old, and he said, son, you know where the post office is? And the kid says, yeah, right down there, one block, turn over there, two blocks, right there's the post office. And, and Mr. Graham said, well, thank you so much, young man. And he said, hey, I'll tell you what, buddy. He goes, I'm preaching a revival to church tonight. Going to tell people how to get to heaven. How about you come? And that little boy said, why would I do that? You don't even know the way to the post office. <laughs> In almost every endeavor of life, okay? No matter who you are, where you come from, what you've done no matter what you do and who you are, almost every endeavor of life, the chances for you to succeed in life skyrocket if you know where you're going and how to get there. And we're gonna talk about that a little bit this weekend. You've come on a very important weekend at Eastside Christian Church. I'm gonna be a representative in the next several minutes of our staff here and of our elders, this congregation, and I, on their behalf, want to use our teaching time and explain where our church is going to be headed in the days in front of us. And it's very important that church does that every once in a while. Every once in a while, church judges need to stop what they're doing and say, hey, here's who we are, here's what is going on, and, and right there is exactly where we're going to go as a church. And every church, I do that from time to time. And we're going to do it this weekend. And if you're a member of our church, I'm telling you, this is a great time for you to be here this weekend because we're going to get on the same page. Everybody's going to get on the same bus here and move in the same direction over the next several minutes. And I've thought about our guests. We have guests here every weekend. We have people that you invite and your friends and your family and your coworkers and people drive down this, this road and see this church. We have people every weekend here. And I'm telling you, if I was a guest, if I was a guest of a church, there is not another weekend I'd rather be because you're going to hear what a heart is. You're going to see who we are and what we do. And not only is it an opportunity for us to talk about it as a church, but I'm going to use this as an opportunity to ask you and challenge you about where you're headed, where you going, where you're pointing in your walk with God. And so this is a great opportunity for us to come together. I've been excited about it, looking forward to it, and I've got some good things that I wanna be able to share with you. When people see me for the very first time, they meet me for the very first time, they immediately think, I'll bet you're a runner. That's the first thing people think <laughs> when they see me. I'll bet you're a runner. <laughs> I don't like you people either. So about about four or five decades ago and about 100 pounds ago, that was true. I was never great at it. I was never great. I ran a million miles and I could just never get great at it. I'd probably be classified as maybe a little bit better than decent. Okay, that that was kind of what I did. There's 100 runners in a race. I'd have got about 25th place. Okay, that's just kind of what I did. But one day I won a race. Come on now, I'm telling you, okay? That's what I thought too. I won a race. I gave it everything I had, everything came together, and I came across that finish line the very first one I'd never had it happen to me before. It was a two mile race had to run two miles. It happened when I was in, we call it middle school now, back in the in the good days, it was called junior high school. Anybody remember junior high school? Okay, H- hang in there, your social security check comes in a couple weeks, okay? So y'all know that. So it was at Northridge Junior High School. Man, I could take you there today because it's the only race I won. And uh, you, you get there and you go around the school and then the route took you back down by the ball fields, American League ball fields. And then it came wrapped around those ball fields and it went into this big wooded area and there were these paths all over in there, these trails, and you went in there, and then you came out on the other side of the woods, and you about a 100-yard dash to the end, and so uh, the race takes off, and I'm where I'm always at, you know, I'm not up in the lead pack, I can see them, but I ain't up there, I ain't that good, and there's quite a few people behind me, and you know, I'm just chugging along, and then we we go around the school, we go around the, the ball fields, and then we go into the wooded area, and somewhere in the woods, I got turned around. And all I know is when I, when I came out of the woods, dude, I was a half mile in the lead, okay? So I am cruising that last hundred yards, everything I got, and I come across and I think, ah, I won this baby. And a minute later, they told me, no, you disqualified, dude, because you caught off about a mile of the race. <laughs> and I wonder how many, I wonder how many churches are there. Really, really. I, I wonder how many churches, how many congregations on a corporate level, maybe maybe sat at a Christian church. I wonder how many individual Christians like you who just kind of go along and assume that things are going along pretty good smoothly for me as a Christian and as a church, and then one day you wake up and realize that somewhere you you got off, you got off track. And we never want that to happen here. We never want want that to happen. And we don't want to happen to you. And so every once in a while, it's a good idea to say, hey, let's come together. Let's wrap this up and let's find out where we're going to go as a church. Now you got to, you got to bear with me. I got to, I got to do a little bit of like information. Almost sound like a business meeting here, but this is very important that you see this so you know where we're going. There's a couple words, terms that ought to be just secondhand nature to you if each side is your home. Y'all know these terms and explain them. Y'all be able to wake up tomorrow, and whatever you do tomorrow, whoever you're with, y'all be able to explain this, okay? So this ought to just be quick, quick stuff. And here's the terms. I want you to see them. I want you to understand the word mission. I want you to understand the word vision. Both those terms need to be secondhand nature to anybody in this church. Everybody ought to understand this. And when we talk about our mission, what we're talking about is this is what we do, okay? This is. Is who we are, this is what we do, this is our product. And that ain't never going to change. It is never, ever, ever going to change. It's always going to be the same thing. And so a few years ago, our leaders got together and we said, you know what, we got to figure that out. Everybody thinks they know why a church is here and what a church is supposed to be doing. And so what are we supposed to be doing? What, What is Eastside supposed to be doing? And so we dive into the Word of God and we study that and pray and talk about it. And I mean serious business. And we came out with what we believe to be the reason that God put this group of believers on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville, Indiana. And it is our mission. You see it when you come in the doors. It's always going to be the same. Conforming lives to the likeness of Jesus comes straight out of the Bible. Now think about that. Think about that. We talk about it so much that it's just kind of been second nature to people and I think maybe it loses impact but just think about that. Think about this actually happening where more and more and more people find out who Jesus is and they fall in love with Jesus and watch this. They start conforming their life so they look like Jesus and talk like Jesus and act like Jesus and feel like Jesus. Can you imagine a community of people who did that. That's what we do. That is our mission that will never, ever, 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 ever change. Now, if you're a smart person, you'd hear that and you say, okay, dude, how are you going to do that? And I'd say, man, I'm glad you asked that because that brings up another term that we ought to have. Let's look back at that slide. Our vision our vision is how we do that, and that's a short-term thing because we're going to do it this way for a while and see how that works, and then we're going to try something different and we do that for a while, and our vision is short-term. It's temporary. It might be a year. It might be two years. It might be three years, but we sense where God is leading us right now at this particular moment in life, and that's what we do, how we do it to accomplish our mission. That's how you do that. I heard a college basketball coach one time talk about this right here. He wasn't as smart as us, so he didn't use our terms, but he was saying the same thing. He was talking about a game that they had with their arch rival. And if I said the the names and the coaches, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And what he said was that we went against this game and we were going to win it. What was he talking about? He was talking about a mission. We're going to win the doggone game. That ain't never going to change. That's what we're going to do. But... He described at the end of the game we had a couple different visions. He said, in the first half, what we're going to do is we're going to get the ball down low. We're going to get to our big men. Our big men are going to score. All 20 minutes, first half, that was our vision. That was our strategy. Get the ball down low, score in the paint. And we did that for 20 minutes. We went to halftime. We came back, and they adjusted. They packed everybody down in the middle. Stopped us. From, guess what we did? We changed vision, changed strategy. Now we threw the ball out three-pointer, and we're going to shoot three-pointer. What he did was we're going to accomplish our mission, and we got different visions at times churches do that and I know right now you might be thinking man I feel like I'm in a business meeting but this is really important for you to know as a member of this church and if you're you're thinking about well maybe this will be my church home sometime I really heard a lot about Eastside man I'm glad to hear the music was awesome I love to you need to know this because you're going to become a part of this This is what you're going to be a part of and so what we've done here at Eastside Christian Church is we have experienced different periods of vision, different ways that we try to get that done. And over the last few years, just to kind of remind you all, we've had different visions. We've had vision statements and vision words, and that was our strategy of what we're going to do in order to accomplish our mission. Many of you will remember this first one that we talked about, and that was called ECC Family Strong. Anybody remember that? Okay. We kicked that off. I still see that on some of y'all's social media every once in a while. You put hashtag ECC. I think that's cute. That's cute. Do you know that's been over for about four years? But anyway, that's awesome because it's stuck a chord with us and we have hung on to that for a long, long time. We've got a a piece of art out in the commons area above our our fireplace that has that embedded in stone. And so it it was a fascinating time for us. And if you've never heard it, this is how this came about. We started studying as your leaders here, our staff and our elders, we became fascinated with the very first church that has ever existed. It's described in the Bible what happened in the city of Jerusalem. Happened around 30 AD and you have a book in the Bible called the book of the Acts the Acts of the Apostles, and all that the Acts of the Apostles is, is describes about the first 30 years of that church. And when you read through it, you go, man, this was crazy. There were amazing things happening with this body of believers, incredible stuff, and we started to see a strength in the family at Jerusalem and we came to this understanding that in order to accomplish our mission, maybe we ought to do this, maybe we ought to mirror that. Maybe we ought to see if if Eastside can become what Jefferson or what, what Jerusalem was. Can that happen where we're at? They had a strong family in Jerusalem. How about we have a strong family at Esai? And so we identified what was happening in Jerusalem. We wrote out strategies and goals and we had business plans, stuff that would bore you to tears, but we put it together so that we knew where we were going and how we were going to get there. And I can tell you today, I can say this without reservation, that that was among the most productive, Period of time in the history of Eastside Christian Church. It was incredible what God did because of, please hear this, vision. We knew where we were going. Right at the very end of this, somebody got sick and they called it COVID. And it was over. It was over. And so we went, we went from the mountain to the valley in one weekend. And I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, we, we've whined enough about that. We're past it. We're done with it. I don't even really like to talk about it anymore. But the only thing that we did for the next year was we just tried to survive. That's all we tried to do here. We tried to survive like you did and like every place else in the world. And by the grace of God, we did. And then early last year, I started seeing it happen in some meetings with my staff and our elders, and people were kind of getting tired of surviving. And somebody said, isn't it time to start thriving? huh?" And so we said, it's time for a new vision, for God to call us to go somewhere where the mission will be accomplished and people conform their lives to the likeness of Jesus. And so we really felt that we needed to recover everything that this disease stole from us, and so we came up with another vision, and it was called Comeback 21, Comeback 20, 21. And so, again, we had all kinds of strategies and goals and things we're going to do. And here's how it's going to happen. And so you might ask, okay, what was the result of this? We went from the mountain to the valley, okay, the top of everything to the ditch. It was all gone. We tried to get it back. Let me tell you what happened during this. I want you to hear this, and I want you to feel free to allow the Spirit of God to praise the Father God. I want you to be free about this, I want you to hear this. This was the result of that vision. We baptized 200 people. We, we saw 400 people come to our church and become members during a pandemic. We had the highest attendance by far of any service in 60 years of existence. Last Easter, this year in 2022, we have an average worship to how many people come to our church. It is the largest average attendance for a year that we've had in 60 years. And our offerings have increased. I don't say this to encourage you not to give anymore, okay? Our offerings increase during a global pandemic during this 30%. 30%. So, so watch this. Now, 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 I want you to see this, Okay. So you hear all that, and if if you're connected to Jesus, this is more than just numbers. You're like, dude, (laughs) it's happening, man. Forming lives, it is happening here. And, And you say, how'd that happen? It is a testament to the power of God. You remember that line we sing in one of our favorite songs? I love this line. When has impossible ever stopped you? Never, okay? And it also shows the power of a vision. So that brings us to the summer of 2022. And what do we do now? Where do we go? Do we just kind of keep doing our thing? Or do we say, God, where do you want us to be? I, I read financial reports every once in a while to remind myself how poor I am. So every once in a while, I'll read those. And I read this week, and I found this really interesting. I don't even know if this stuff is true, but here's what they reported. They are reporting that there are some really big companies in our country that are about to go broke. They are losing crazy money. Let, let me read some of them to you, okay? In the last 12 months, American Airlines lost three. Billion dollars. How do you lose three billion dollars? But they lost three billion dollars. American Airlines, last 12 months. You quit canceling flights and you might think some money. Just my idea. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> In the last 12 months, AMC Entertainment, okay, they do theaters, you know, that kind of stuff, have lost two billion dollars in the last 12 months, $2 billion they lost. Apparently, they don't factor in that $43 bag of popcorn in their report, so they're losing money. Last 12 months, DoorDash lost $625 million, okay? Yeah, that's what I thought, what? What? I, I came home the other day and walked in the kitchen. My four granddaughters are all there with, with uh, grandma, mama, uh, my wife, and they're all sitting around the table and they're eating McDonald's. Four little girls eating eat McDonald's. I said, where'd you get that? My three-year-old, three stinking years old. My three-year-old hears me and goes, DoorDash. You know, if, if three-year-olds know about DoorDash, Lord Jesus, come right, right now. So I'm reading through this, (laughs) I'm reading through this report, and I'm going, man, he's losing all the money. And then they start talking about who's making money. And near the top, don't miss this, over the last several months, near the top, here's one of the companies making the most money in America today. And you ain't gonna believe it. Here it is. Don't miss it. Lazy boy, (laughs) I guess people wanna kick back and put their feet up and do nothing, okay? That's what we are as a country. I vote nothing, okay? Lazy boy is one of the most productive, uh, economically powerful companies in America today. Now I'm gonna be honest with you, as a church, it would really be easy and tempting right now to enact lazy boy vision. It would, because we're strong, we're a good church, we're unified, we're making a difference in a lot of areas. We've got a lot of people and more people coming, and it would be really easy for us just to say, here's our next vision. Lazy boy, okay? Let's just chill out and enjoy each other. Now, here's the problem with that. Nowhere in this thing are we given that allowance. It ain't there. I looked at every concordance I have in my library, and I never one time found the phrase lazy boy. It ain't in there. And over the last several weeks, we've been asking our leaders, hey, dream with us, pray about it. Talk to us. Where do you sense God sending us? What are you telling, what what are what are we doing? What are we supposed to do? And nobody ever said anything remotely close to taking it easy. So instead of the lazy boy vision, I wanna introduce what our next vision at Eastside Christian Church will be entitled over about the next 18 months or so. And we've got kind of a catchy way we wanna talk about it, and it is called Live Your Next. Live Your Next. We believe, we don't have crystal ball, we don't hear the voice of God, you know, none of that stuff's happening, but we believe Those of us in tune with God's work in this church, we believe that there is about to be a major outpouring of his favor and opportunity that will land on this church in the near future, the likes of which we have never seen. We are on the brink. We're on the brink. But I want you to hear me. Eyeball me. We ain't ready yet. We're not quite ready for that. And so we have identified some very specific strategies that we think have to be accomplished by the end of 2023. And if those things get accomplished, we believe that there is the opening up for the favor and opportunity of God in our church, but that will be limited until these things are dealt with. And so there are some very important ministries that we have to add into our work here at Eastside. There's a few ministries that are limping a little bit, and they can't limp. We've, we've got to get them up to speed where they need to be. There's a few ministries that we need to take out to pasture and have a funeral over, there's just some things that got to be moved around and worked on. And that here, here at Eastside, that is our next. That's our next. A period of preparation for the mighty favor an opportunity of God upon our congregation. Our staff and elders have been praying for that. They put their stamp of approval on it. There are actions that are being put in place even today for us to be a church where we will live our next. Now here's the cool thing I'm excited about is the role that you will play because here's what I've discovered. That the church the church rises and falls according to how the family rises and falls. And so the challenge that we wanna give you today is we wanna ask you to think about your next. We wanna build a culture here where all of us together are learning to live our next Spiritually, You're going to hear this over and over in the next several months. Have you identified what your next is? Are you living your next? I'm probably going to be greeting you that way. Hey, good to have you. Are you on the next? Are you ready? That means we reject the idea individually. Hear me on this. Individually, me, you, ourselves, we reject the idea of lazy boy faith. Lazy boy faith is not allowed at Eastside Christian Church. In other words, the thinking that, well, I know what's going on with me and God. You know, we're kind of cool, and it's doing all right, and you know, we're just kind of cruising along. That here is called a cop-out. Being a person of faith means that you know what your next move is spiritually, and you are passionately pursuing that rather than settling for boring, fatal faith. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but the Apostle Paul worked through that. And that's what really got me when I thought about how can we talk about that here as a church. The Apostle Paul. Anybody remember this dude? Okay, huh? Anybody remember him? He's he's the dude, man, that brought all of this from the Jewish community to the Gentile community. He's the one that opened the door. And I'm pretty sure that almost everybody in the room is in the Gentile camp. If it ain't for Paul, you ain't here, and I ain't here. That's the dude we're talking about. This is the dude that wrote half of the New Testament, okay? If anybody, if anybody earned a lazy boy, it was him, right? No, he didn't do that, man. He said, I am always aware of my next. Let me show you where he wrote it. He, he wrote this letter to some friends of his. And if you ever studied through the letter, it seems like, man, these were the closest people to him. They they had a passionate friendship and camaraderie, and he wrote them a letter. And that letter's in your Bible. And there's a place in that letter to these friends of his that lived in this city called Philippi where he started talking to them about the fact that he was losing sleep over his next let me just kind of read the, I think, the tender part of it. Look at it real quick. He said, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Look next verse. Brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, man, I'm going to forget what is behind and I'm going to strain toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know what I love about what he says in there? He says this, I know what it is. He called it perfection. He said, I know that's, that's the mission. For him individually, he was saying, that's what God has called me to perfection. That word means, it means total. It means all-encompassing. And the idea, what he was trying to say, is that he, I, he says, I, I know what God is calling my life to be. Now now watch this, because I'm going to make that challenge for you, that the apostle was saying, God has called my spiritual walk, my journey with the Father. He's called it to be everything that it can be. All of it, all of it, if I ask you right now, are you kinda at the awe part when it comes to your walk with God, are you there? That's that's what Paul said, and he used the word perfection. If you've ever watched the greatest movie ever made, which is Remember the Titans, You will recall Coach Boone's speech on perfection to the team on the first day of camp. Now, I don't have the allure of Denzel Washington, but I can read his words. Here we go. When you put that uniform on, that Titan uniform, you better come to work. Anybody remember this? We will be perfect in every aspect of the game you drop a pass you run a mile you miss a blocking assignment you run a mile you fumble the football and I will break my foot off in your hind parts and then you'll run a mile perfection let's go to work do you hear lazy boy there anywhere huh Do you hear lazy boy in anything that Paul wrote? He said, I want to be everything that God would ever want me to be. And did you catch what he said? He said, I ain't there. I ain't there, man. I'm not there. He said two times, I ain't there. In other letters that he wrote in the New Testament, he tended to indicate, I ain't ever going to get there. (laughs) Uh, You get there when? When you die and go to heaven, okay? But he said, that ain't stopping me. That is not stopping me. And so, if I'd ask you, anybody in this room, I don't care who y'all where you come from, I said, okay, if we could picture what it's like for you to be everything that God would want in your life, everything, his perfect picture for you. And then I ask you, are you there? What's our answer? No. So, what are we going to do about that? And some of y'all have chosen to sit in the lazy boy back. And we're going to spend a year and a half here, challenge you to get out of the lazy boy and do something about that. And so Paul then told his friends, he said, hey, that's my mission, man, perfection. And then he told us what his vision was. He said, here's here's how I'm going to do it. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to make it happen. And what did he say? Look Look at his vision. Check this out. He said, I'm going to forget what is behind me. I'm just going to forget it. I'm going to put it behind me, and I'm going to forget it. There are things, listen to me, there are things you have to wake, walk away from because they're holding you back and waiting you down and slowing you up. And if you don't walk away from them and you don't put them in the past and leave them there, you will never find out everything God wants in your life. Because some of you have been hurt, and you're here with a hurt heart, because somebody hurt you, and you might even be a little frustrated with God that he didn't stop it. You don't quite understand how all that works out, that a loving, caring God didn't come down to protect you. But you've been hurt, and that's all you think about, and that's all you talk about. And until you put that hurt in the grave and walk away from it, you will never find out everything that God has waiting for you. It's time for some people this weekend to quit talking about your hurt. It's time to move. There might be a sin in your life that you've grown comfortable with. Man, I'm telling you what, our stewardship pastor, Neil Lancaster, laid that in your grill a couple of weeks ago. Because it's easy as Christians to think, man, I'm under the grace of Jesus. Hallelujah. I come in here and sing forgiveness and mercy and grace. And this little thing over here ain't that big of a thing. I just kind of learn. It's kind of my spiritual wart on the side. You know, I just kind of deal with it. And, and Neil was just straightforward. You don't get to do that. Paul said, I got to forget what is behind. And for some of you, you're next. If I come up to you and say, dude, what's your next? Your answer is I got some stuff I gotta I gotta walk away from. That's my next. And, and Paul said, in my, in my vision, it's, it's not just I gotta walk away from stuff, but did you catch what he said here? He, he said, I also gotta do something else. I gotta strain toward what is ahead. See, what is the next rung on the spiritual ladder for you as you walk to God? Well, what, what's waiting on you? Is it getting baptized? Is it making a commitment to consistently worship at church with other people? Because I'll tell you what, once a month and once every two months and every once while catching it online will not do it. Is it using your abilities and your time and your money to help advance God's kingdom? I hung out with a few uh, young people this week in high school who are thinking that God is calling them uh, to vocational full-time ministry in their life, and that's their next. Is it starting every day, ending every day with a few minutes of personal prayer? What I- Do you even know what the next rung is? Have you ever, ever even thought of that? When you're a lazy boy, you never think of that kind of stuff. And I love the way Paul talked about this, because he just kind of mentioned this. It was almost like he was saying, okay, I'm going to do that, and we're done with it, okay? And this down here, whoa, baby. He used a couple beautiful terms. One of them was, i got to grasp it. I I found it really, it's fascinating to me when they wrote wrote in those ways back there. He, He used a couple words there. One was, I pick something up, I take it. And the other one was, grasp it. See, you sit down at the restaurant and you pick up the ketchup bottle and you put ketchup on your fries, okay? You drop a $100 bill in the wind, you grasp it. Am I right? So what is the next rung? It's got to be more than something you just take. Laissez-faire. It's gotta, I, I'm going to grasp it. And then, and then Paul said, I'm going to strain toward it. See that word? The word straining was the word the Greeks used for what the sprinters did in the last two yards of the race. Ever watch a hundred yards? What did they do at the end? Man, they are straining. They're cutting everything they got to put it out there. Every muscle in their body. Dude, this don't sound like lazy boy to me. The culture of vision that we want to build in the days ahead is we want you to figure out your next and we want you to live it. So as you leave this room and you think about that, and I hope that's in your head tonight, I hope none of you sleep tonight. I hope this keeps you up all night long. I'm gonna pray that you don't sleep, okay? How's that for a loving pastor? And come up with the understanding of what is your next. Now here's the cool thing about our church. This is what I love about our church. And I can't talk about it or it'll break my heart and it'll tear me up. We're gonna do this together. We're gonna do this together. It reminded me when I thought about that of the one race that I did legitimately win. Kind of. <laughs> it, was, it was a race against a school in Champaign, Illinois where the University of Illinois was and our team had some incredible runners. I wasn't one of them, but we had like crazy runners and so we were like really, really good and this team in Champaign didn't have a chance. And so the pre-race meeting was our coach got us together, Coach John Eckel and coach said this, okay, um, I want Hastings to win this race. Hastings, you're going to win this race. And the good runners were like, he ain't going to win this race, dude. ain't no way he's going to beat me. And coach said, I want you all to encircle him and run with him the whole race and cheer him on and push him and do everything you got to do. And at the end, Hastings going to win this race and all my buddies are around me, and they're talking to me the whole race. I'm dying, you know, and they're talking like, you know, sitting in a lazy boy, okay? And they're saying, come on, dude, come on, dude, you can do it, come on, man, you can do it, come on, come on, do better, come on, you can make it, you can make it. I'm falling asleep, bro, come on, let's roll, let's roll. And they ran around me the whole race, and about five yards before the race, they just stopped, and I went on one. Because we did it, what, together. So we're going to cheer each other on. And when we need to confront each other from time to time because someone snuck over in the lazy boy, we will do it with love, but we're going to do it together. Let's go to work. Father God, thank you for the power of your hand on this church for six decades. And thank you that we are part of it at this day and time. Use us to your glory. Push us, pull us, prod us, prune us. Tell us what's next. And we will go. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.